Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to your weekly dose of information that you could go your whole life not knowing. Oh, I disagree. Hello, academic cryptids. I guess I would consider myself an academic cryptid. I know I do. I don't know if I ever thought of myself like that. What cryptid would you be? Well, not Bigfoot, because I have, like, the smallest feet known to mankind. It's not about physical appearances. It's about Mm. who you relate to. Like my aesthetic? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't don't know the full list. Any any folklore? I don't know. I feel like I could pull off being a vampire. I feel like I vibe with that. But also, I hate night. Are vampires a cryptid? I don't know. That's what I just said. I don't know the list. Okay, the Yeti. The abominable snow. Why? I don't know. I would be Mothman. I'd absolutely be Mothman. And why such confidence in that answer? Have you seen that man's butt? Uh, (laughs) There's just, okay. There's a lot of junk in the There's so much um, background that if you don't know anything about, do you know anything about Mothman? Not enough. Okay. Well, there's a statue of Mothman. Not enough to know the significance of his butt. There's a statue of Mothman in this like little tiny town that is like, they are known for Mothman sightings, and that's, like, all they do. So there's a statue of Mothman. And he has a big butt. It's very sculpted. Mm, but I also just love the, figure. like, all of the mystery that surrounds him, but only in this one little town. I love it. I love well, fair it. Fair enough. So there you have it. Yeah. Yeti and the Mothman. Yeah. Mothwoman. Nice. I think nice. we should. Either one is fine. All right. Fair enough. Now, I am very sorry that Maddie didn't really seem to know what cryptids are, but... I also have some other things that I need to apologize for. Of course. From your last episode. So Mm. first, I would really like to apologize for Maddie giving you such a short episode. I mean, it was basically a mini-sode. You're welcome. I would also really like to apologize for the absolute lack of scandal and shock Uh, that our episodes normally have um, that was instead replaced with white noise. Hmm. But I get it now. She gets it now. I got the joke now. Yeah. Because we're white. 
And we make noise. And we make noise. Yes. That's what, it's genius. <laughs> it really. was right, right in front of you. It, it was. It was too good. I couldn't even, mm. couldn't even process it. It was too, like, highbrow. Yeah. I suppose. Well, I mean, I'd just like to say, I think they pro- our our fans probably appreciate, or watchers, viewers, whatever you guys want to call yourselves. Listeners. This is our a academic cryptids. This is, this is a podcast. They're listeners. Our cryptids are probably thankful. I will accept that. I will accept calling them cryptids. That we had a shorter episode. We have been bombarding them with long episodes. They have been so long it was, episodes. It was, honestly... I, I, I will was admit trying that. to sacrifice a little bit of my pride to keep the episode oh. short. And I mean, the scandal, okay. I mean, okay. Mary was a woman, okay. arch- a female okay. architect. Okay. That's scandalous. Okay. Now, yes, there have been some long episodes, more than we normally like to put in a row. I think you went a little too far to the other side of the scale. So I'm going to try to bring us back to the middle today. Even it out. Will I do it? Will this episode not be an hour long? I'm going to try. Oh, God. And I think I did it. I think it's going to be okay. 35 well, let's put her to minutes, the test. maybe. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, because we all know how I get way too into things. That's almost like I started a podcast about that. I don't know. Wow. You should um, you should start a podcast about that. About like things that I get really too, like, yeah, too like into. Do, and like, do, like, and how you dives. do deep dives. Yeah. And you kind of like hyper-focus. No way. I, on it. I don't know. I don't that, know. That I don't, could be a good name. I don't know. I, I, it probably I, wouldn't do well, though. I don't think so. I don't think it would. Well, back to the podcast we have now. Um, what do you have? So tell us. So what do you so, have? Let's yeah. start the timer. Here we go. Let's see if she can do it. Well, I'm not going to rush it. Just kidding. So just kidding. I will say I had this planned before we recorded your last episode. Uh, and we recorded these very close together because we're going to have a busy week and we just need to get ahead of schedule. So I didn't have time to change it. Okay. So, okay. So why does it matter that you didn't change it? It's not particularly... Exactly the same. No, 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 no. It's very scandalous. Okay, good. It's very scandalous. But we're getting another life and career of a successful woman story today. Will we ever do one about a man? I don't know. (laughs) Well, I mean, stories are always told, so it's fine. IMO, technically. What do what do we classify IMO as? Is he man? I think a life and career of a successful man. Man or Muppet? Man is the question. (laughs) I was going to say man or cryptid, but that's... <laughs> or man or cryptid. Man, cryptid, Muppet. Where would you catify? <laughs> catify? How would you categorize? You, know, you, could, you could have a per- a perfect personality triangle with that. Yeah. Man. Muppet and cryptid. cryptid. <laughs> I'm, that is a great I'm one. I'm between Muppet and cryptid, but closer to cryptid for Who sure. Who needs dark empath when you have this, this triangle <laughs> here? Like, what the heck? You don't. All right. So, don't. so who do we have? So today, I want to tell you about the absolutely crazy, scandalous life of Mary Shelley. I love this girl. Do you know her story? No, not, I mean, somewhat. Okay. I will say, I I hate Frankenstein. Get off of my podcast. So much, guys. Why? I can't. I think I read it too young, and I didn't have a teacher to help me understand the depth of it. And I can't. I think, like sixth grade oh really like That's it early. was it was young and so i know it's i mean i it's respect a hard read it. for a sixth grader i respect yeah. it not no i love mary shelley as a person but the frankenstein i just have always i i can't get over that did you read it again after that in college i read it in one of our classes mm-hmm. and i, I thought so. it just i just still couldn't get over it i think it's almost like but this, you did reread it and you yeah. still couldn't get past it it was better the second time around it definitely was 
but it I respect it for what it did for the sci-fi genre. She's an incredible woman. Story's great, like pretty lethal. She's stellar, but it's so much more than sci-fi. Maybe we'll have a conversation. We're about not even really going to get into that. That's what I'm saying. We'll do that another I time. Had to, I had to put it out there that it's so much more than sci-fi. Well, I, ho- I hope it is, and I'll maybe I'll try to reread it again. Third time, third time. time. <laughs> yep. All right, so Mary Shelley, give it to me. So if I had to describe her in one word, it would probably be metal. She is like... I like it. Yeah. I vibe with that. Now, also, there's a lot of tragedy. She's has done a lot of things not great as well, but just crazy love it like i'm obsessed with the story i think i'm having some flashbacks i feel like i i have like few bits and pieces you were not in my class no right i was i was abroad that's right i was across the pond i led the discussion on this oh so you're you're ready i i didn't cover uh like anywhere near at this in depth sure um but i had a couple little factoids that i put in that is a great word. I'm sorry. I'm done interrupting. Go. Also, my professor doesn't know that I like shared a lot of those with the class because he wasn't there that day and he just like put me in charge and he had me send him his notes at, or send him my notes and I left out some of the more scandalous ones. Um, even though it literally he would have loved it if I did. I don't know why I took it out. So before we get started, I do want to just have a say something a little more serious. Um, just a Trigger warning, we are going to be talking about suicide. It's not going to be very in-depth. It's more of the factual events of what happened. Mm. Um, but if you or anyone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Mm. So just want to put that out there before we get into it. Thank you, Rachel. You're very welcome. So born Mary Wollstonecraft Godwin. That's what it was. On August 30th, 1797, in Somerstown, London, to parents Mary Wollstonecraft and William Godwin, the woman who would become Mary Shelley, was born. I love Mary Wollstonecraft. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) I love that they're related. That makes it even better. Yes, it's her mother. So her father, William Godwin, was a philosopher and a political writer. Her mother was a famous feminist who wrote Vindication of the Rights of Woman, which we have both read. You read it, right? You didn't oh, skip of that course one? I've okay, read it. Okay, good. Of course I've read it. So, that. yes. Um, that's, they like, were... that's like the canon of feminist writings. <laughs> it's in the canon of feminist writings. So they were both considered pretty radical and like out there with their beliefs. So you know this is going to be a good origin story. Like You know she is not going to be the typical 18th and 19th century, no. discreet, calm, quiet woman, which... Yeah. I still think is a stereotype that wasn't always true. Very true. True less often Mm -hmm. than you think. Mm -hmm. But anyway, now Mary Shelley never really knew her mother. She died um, just days after giving birth to Mary. So she was left in the care of her father along with her older half-sister, who was named Fanny Imlay, um, who was uh, her mother's child from an affair that she had with soldier Gilbert Imlay. Gilbert. Gilbert. It's a great name. It's a really good name. So we already have a difficult family dynamic here. Mm. A mother who has died, a half-sister from an affair, and now she's living with her half-sister and her father. Right. But to make it even more complicated, her father remarried in 1801, when Mary was only four years old, to marry Jane Claremont. Lots of Marys. Oh, it's it gets so confusing. So I'm, many Marys. Uh, yeah. 
I, some of, honestly, some of the names of people I just avoid and I'm like, <laughs> I only refer to them in, I'm only going to refer, for, bleh, I'm only going to refer to them by their relation Fair to enough. Mary Shelley because everyone is freaking named Mary or Percy. So Claremont, her stepmother, had two previous children. I believe they were both from two separate men, actually. Mm. And later, Claremont and Godwin had another child. Mary never really got along with her stepmother. Um, and later in life, it does seem that maybe she was using kind of some inflammatory language to explain yeah. some of the things that happened. Like maybe her stepmother wasn't quite as bad, but... Mm. Yeah. There was still a lot of a lot of stuff that was not good between them that uh, her stepmother did poorly. But one example of her not parenting very well, mm -hmm. parenting Mary very well, um, is that she decided to have Shelley's. Well, she's not Shelley yet, so call her Mary. Decided to have Mary's stepsister educated, but not Mary. She just kind of felt like it wasn't necessary. Did you see me prepare to start say that word? I was like. Uh, no, I didn't see that. I just um, saw... I was trying... I had to hold it back, but I thought a very nasty <laughs> word. So Mary, however, wanted to be educated and found solace in books from a very young age, which I feel like is just so the opposite of most kids. Most yes. kids are forced to be educated and they don't want it. Yeah. So she would frequently read her father's books and they often had notable scholars in the home, um, like Samuel Taylor Coleridge. It's Coleridge, right? Not Coleridge. I've heard it both ways. Really? Okay. To be honest. And William Wordsworth. Nice. They obviously had a very intellectual home, very intellectual parents, um, very intellectual home life. So it wasn't hard for her to come into contact with, you know, these intellectual conversations and education and all of that um, at all. But once she did, she largely had to learn those things on her own hmm. as opposed to her siblings who were right. actually getting an education. Right. Who says you need traditional education? Not me. Not I, me I don't either. say that. I don't Not say that. Me either. Make your own freaking destiny. <laughs> well, destiny and education aren't necessarily one and the same, whatever. but... She just likes to rain on my parade all the time. I like to make sure that things are correct. There she is again. <laughs> she just proved my point. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. Nothing. So she began writing from a very, very young age, despite not having any formal education. And she actually published her first poem in 1807 at the age of 11. Wow. Go mm -hmm. off, sis. And she said about her affinity for writing, quote, As a child, I scribbled, and my favorite pastime during the hours given to me for recreation was to write stories. From a very young age. That's what she wanted to do That's in her free so time. That's so sweet. Let me know if you think this next statement is sweet or weird. Mm -hmm. One of her favorite places to read was at her mother's grave. That one's not not that weird, but it's going to no. get there. I'm, I'm sure it it's going to get there. But I mean, how are you, you going to keep the child of William godwin and mary wollstonecraft away from education like she had to know that wasn't gonna end well just putting that out there um but in general she spent a ton of time at her mother's grave and is said to actually have learned how to write by tracing the letters on her mother's grave well her mother's last name has like a million letters so <laughs> hey there you go almost the whole alphabet yeah so that was her favorite place to hang out as a child and there's a decent amount of evidence that she lost her virginity on her mother's grave <gasps> that whole that whole thought really irks me mm-hmm i mean maybe not like directly on top well, but yeah, like I next mean, to it oh. like right there it's also probable that her sister was there at the time but oh well, my gosh her half sister, but that's um another another story for another time oh boy so as mary is growing up and coming into her own um she begins to resemble her mother in more ways than one physically and she's 
you know, very, very intelligent and mm-hmm. writing and all of those things. Um, but her, her stepmother, Mary Jane, is probably starting to feel a bit threatened by this, mm-hmm. a bit jealous of the amount of attention um, right. of her husband that Mary is getting, but also the other way around, too. Like, Mary is also jealous of yeah. Mary Jane's, the attention that Mary Jane is getting. And this may be why Mary was sent to Scotland in uh, June of 1812. Of course, Mary sent to Scotland. Yeah. I love it. Mary and Scotland just go together. They do. Also, po- fun fact, I when I went to Scotland, they have this crazy restaurant there. Okay. Called like the Frankenstein House or something, but it feels like you're at like a rainforest cafe or something cuz you're like But is it is it Frankenstein themed? Yeah. It's like you walk Oh my gosh, you'd love it. Um, you'd like walk in where in Scotland? Edinburgh. No, I'm not even kidding. I went into it just being like, "Oh yeah, we should just go see that." Like it's Frankenstein Cafe or whatever. I don't even know. I don't remember what it's called. I'm not even kidding. It looks like a Disney World restaurant. It literally looks like some crazy Disney World or like, what is it, Downtown Disney, like Rainforest Cafe, T-Rex kind of thing. Because they have like animatronics. Jurassic Fork. Yeah. Every once in a while, it'll like, things will start moving and you'll hear Frankenstein. He's like, Brr. Is this the animatronic Frankenstein? Yeah. And, the, and then he'll literally go like, <laughs> And they just have noises and things like screaming. It's like total mad scientist lab vibes. I adore it. Like the, what is it, 1930s version of uh, that 1930s version of the movie. That's what it feels like. Can we get, um, can we Uber Eats this Who's going to be our Uber from Scotland? If you're listening to this from Scotland, let us know. Or eat there like, on our behalf. Send us pictures, please. Straight up, I'm about to buy a flight just to go here and then I'll come right back home. Sounds like a plan. Go for the 4th of July. Just knock yourself out. <laughs> just, like, just go by myself. It's Independence Day for America, but no, we're going <laughs> to Scotland. It's also Independence Day for Rachel to travel alone, to just go to eat a single Europe meal by myself, meal. by myself in Scotland, and then come back. I've heard crazier ideas. Imagine just eating alone in that restaurant. That was, <laughs> like, imagine like ultimate being... sign of like red flag. It's, like a, ultimate it's, a, it's red flag. a massive red flag, but it's also a massive power move, and probably yeah, that's some, true. Probably something I would do. Yeah, but, but like imagine getting like stood up there. <laughs> It's like, I have a great place for us to go grab dinner. And you're sitting there like, oh my god! No, but literally, if a man <laughs> took me there on a first date, he'd be the one. Yeah. Boys, take <laughs> notes. the one. Oh my so gosh. anyways, we're in Scotland now. Sorry. Had to throw that in there. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, that's very important to me. I thought you might like it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, <laughs> Mary was sent to Scotland. And uh, a lot of people believe that that was just her mother, like, her stepmother just kind of shipping her off, mm-hmm. um, even though it was apparently for Mary's health. Mm. What do we believe? For her air quotes. Health. Air, air Maddie's quotes. doing air quotes. Now, upon one of her visits home to London in 1812, she met Percy Bish Shelley. Bish. I Bish? still don't believe it's pronounced that way. That's how it. I've heard it pronounced so many times. I still don't believe it. I love it. That's what we're going with. Now, Percy was married to Harriet Westbrook, and they had a young child. Two years later, however, in 1814, his marriage was troubled Mm. and tumultuous, and Mary and Percy began a courtship. He's still married. I know. I say aw because I know they end up together, and they're like kind of a power couple, but it's also like, oh, because you're like, it gets more like that. It gets a lot. It gets a lot worse. Yeah, I, I actually I remember just being told that their whole relationship was like very, very scandy. Mm-hmm. Let's get ready. Let's get into it. 
So here it goes ruining my... Honestly, I can't even fit all the details into a podcast. That's fine. Let's do it. We're hitting the big ones. Hit the big points. So they eloped in July of 1814. Still married? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, When Mary was 16. Um, But they, obviously, they can't legally get married because Mm -hmm. of Harriet. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mary's father refused to speak to her for a while because he was not psyched about this. But Percy and Mary fled to England and they traveled around Europe for a while. I said fled to England. Yeah. They were already Where are we fleeing? I forget to? where they were where they were at this point. But they fleed. It had That was a joke on purpose, guys. Maybe I just mistyped that. Uh, okay, but we'll just Maybe they fled just from say, England. Say, it has to be, right? We're just going to say he they fled. So, Mary and Percy fled and they traveled around Europe for a while. Um and then they had a baby girl in February of 1815. But unfortunately, she died a few days after being born. And then in January of 1816, Mary gave birth to a son. What was his name? Uh, William. William, Mary, and Percy. We have consistency in this timeline. We do. do. Awesome. So I'm not going to get into it too much because there's just a bunch of differing accounts. And a lot of it is gossip and rumor, but it does seem that a lot of it is true. But every one tells it differently but there were probably some love triangles there were definitely some other affairs there was possibly this like weird intimacy between percy and mary's half sister mm. not necessarily like ne- not necessarily like sexual or like mm. a physical relationship but there was like something weird going so on so they there. had like an unofficially open relationship yeah you could you could probably call it that okay i don't i don't know that it was yeah. um, what we would call in modern terms an open enough, relationship. Um, I don't know how much each of them wanted the other person to be involved with other people. Fair enough. But the story of the summer of 1816 is now very famous. Uh, but each telling of the story is a bit different. Hmm. But here's the basic premise. Mary and Percy Shelley, Jane Claremont, who's Mary's half-sister, mm-hmm. Lord Byron, and John what? Yes. I love Lord Byron. <laughs> he was... He is something. Let me... That man is cuckoo He was, he was not the best. Not cuckoo, but like... Um, he, he, he's smart. <laughs> he was not the best um, in his personal relationships. Yeah, he's crazy. He was not the best at sticking around and owning up to his responsibilities. He was like a free Sometimes spirit. when his responsibilities... Even when his responsibilities are um, a human that has half of his DNA. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's nuts. <laughs> yes. So funny to read about. And I'm realizing, I don't know how to say this other man's last name. John Polidori? Polidori? Polidori, right? Is it Polidori? I feel like I've heard Polidori. That's sounding somewhat familiar. I that feels like it would wrong. be from a children's nursery rhyme, Polidori. Maybe it is, but I feel like I've heard the term Polidori. No, I definitely have too, but. Multiple Dory fishes is his name. I can't type. So they, they had a summer of love. Probably. Um, <laughs> so, yes, Mary and Percy Shelley, Jane Claremont, Lord Byron, and John Polidori went on a trip to Switzerland. A little friend's getaway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a intellectually pretentious friend's getaway, which sounds like, honestly. I was about to say, wait a minute, that kind of sounds fun. Let's do it. <laughs> what if we took, like, a weekend trip somewhere and we just took a bunch of books with us and, and like, just, like, read them? And, like, talked about them. <laughs> and we wore, like... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Can we wear the little caps and the... Um, like, we could wear our graduation robes. 
so we could actually get some use out of those expensive things that we purchased. I mean, absolutely. I was going to say we wear the like dark academia garb the whole time. Maybe Harry Potter robe style. Yes. Each one of us could represent a house. Who else are we inviting? I don't know. As of now, we have us... To a Penelope and, and Beau. So yeah, there we go. I'm good. I'm good. That sounds great to me. We'll take along the coloring page of Penelope Garcia. She's definitely a... Uh, Hufflepuff. Yep, Hufflepuff. You're definitely Ravenclaw. No. Really? Mm-hmm. You're, You're Slytherin. Ravenclaw. I'm not Slytherin. No, I'm... That actually would have been my last choice. Really? I definitely think I have a mix of all of them except for sure. Hufflepuff. Okay, I, Hufflepuff would be my like last choice for you. 0% Hufflepuff. Like I was definitely like Ravenclaw <laughs> Sly- Slytherin. I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie. I guess that's and, fair. <laughs> the one thing that makes me, this is because I have had this discussion with other people and I was not convinced that I was a Gryffindor until I've had some other people okay. like really be like, no, you are. And okay. explain it to me. The one thing that I like cannot leave alone is injustices. Mm, Godric Gryffindor. And I just want to like, I, and I'm always looking for adrenaline. Yeah. Well then, then yeah. there you go. Now I see it. Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt for you. Just in and out. Rave. I bleed blue. Ravenclaw. <laughs> I bleed blue. Oh my gosh. Anyways. That's if you haven't seen Harry Potter, you should uh, check it out. This is quite the tangent. It's a great movie. Great books. This is quite the Books tangent. are better than the movies. You're both good. I actually didn't read them till high school, so I um, just like reverted to high school. I don't think I read them till high school, but whatever. Anyway, um... <laughs> we're gonna go on a so they're in intellectually of love. pretentious yep. trip just like they did we're not going on a summer of love though but <laughs> i'm just like i realized that those got lumped i together. did not even think about that implication i was saying said. summer of love while you were like we're gonna go and i was like i just want to establish go. this let's go <laughs> no if you want to knock yourself out i will not be doing that oh <laughs> i'm using the royal you i also, thought you were talking to me i was you. like are you putting that offer out there for me no. okay i don't have to put the offer out there you can find your own offers no I'm nev- not in never mind of your life. never mind that's <laughs> not what i thought was going on just leave it alone for now so they're on their <laughs> summer of love trip i suppose i don't know how to recover from this but anyway they're finding that it is um for quite a bit of the time that they are there the weather is not very great mm. there's been a lot of rain a lot of thunderstorms which just sets a lovely mood for this story. Yeah. Um, but one rainy day, they decided to entertain themselves by reading German ghost stories. Love it. Already. Love them. Great vacation. Brothers Grimm. No, I'm so Lord Byron suggested that why, why should they stop at reading? They should each write their own ghost story. I freaking love this. This sounds like something our... Yes. Um, yes. You know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'm ready to do it. The like group now. of students... <laughs> At our school, at the college we went to, yeah, would absolutely do this. Now, this is when Mary wrote the beginnings of Frankenstein. Huh. It was originally just a short story at this time, but she then expanded it um, with the encouragement of Percy, Aww, her supportive. husband, but not really husband, Percy. Um, and then it became Frankenstein, or the modern Prometheus, whichever title you want to give it. I like the modern Prometheus better. I do too. Fair. I kind of do too. It just makes it so much more like... Dramatic. Yeah. 
But everyone, everyone agreed that Mary's was the best story out of the group, um, and Frankenstein was published anonymously in 1818, and it was a great success, although she never really had a ton of financial success um, in her lifetime. It was, a, it was often struggles financially, but it was, it was a great success, and a lot of people actually thought that Percy wrote it because he wrote, like, the introduction. Hmm. Um, but it was later, obviously, obviously later right. published under her name. She didn't start with buy a lady like Jane Austen. <laughs> no, no, she didn't. But that would have been awesome. Um, but then things start to get bad again. Mm. Later that year, uh, Mary Shelley's half-sister Fanny Imlay committed suicide oh. by overdose. Of what? I forget. It was something I didn't, I hadn't heard of before. Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I guess it you. is what, the 1800s? Laudanum, an alcoholic solution containing morphine... Oh prepared from opium, and formerly used as a narcotic painkiller. So she was, she took too many painkillers. Yes, but it was a liquid. Liquid one. That's what it sounds like. Hmm. Tincture. Um, oh, yeah. That's tragic. So, contains almost all of the opium alkaloids, including morphine and codeine. So she, yeah. <sighs> Yikes. That is what, that is how Fanny committed suicide. And then shortly after that, Percy Shelley's wife, Harriet, who was pregnant at the time, also committed suicide by walking into a lake or a river and drowning herself, which is very difficult to do. So I assume she did not know how to swim. Now, I haven't read her suicide note in full. Apparently it is out there. Um, but from the bits that I've read about it and the quotes I've seen, she basically said that he had deprived her of her happiness and that he was at fault for her suicide. Uh -huh. Yeah. And he kind of, I mean, swept it under the rug and well, and like, I mean, I guess he, Kind of was. Yeah, probably. Um, I would like be depressed if that, if all uh, of that yeah. happened to me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Depression usually happens when home records are involved. That's not always true. Many times. Depression can have well, environmental saying, yeah. environmental causes. It can. There are many consequences to home records, let's just put it that way. Yeah, and he was he was treating her worse and worse leading mm. up to the suicide. So it wasn't just sleeping it with Mary. No, he was like wanting her to pay his debts and like he would like knowing that she that he was with Mary go up to her and be like I need some money. Mm. She's like no, like <laughs> things like that. Mm, that's um sad. Yeah, so there was obviously a lead up to it. Sure. Um but of course that freed them up to get married. So Convenient. after Harriet committed suicide, Mary and Percy got married in 1816 within two weeks of Harriet's death. Oh, they my did gosh not sakes. wait. Mm -hmm. And their marriage was, um, there was somewhere I read that they said it was, um, quote, riddled with adultery and heartache. So it was not an easy marriage. They're like the toxic relationship of like that one girl and guy that keep getting back together all the time. Well, they're not, but they're not like, but they don't ever separate. They just have people on the side and they both hate it, but they just keep doing it. And there's just, so I much... like have a couple from my high school experience <laughs> that I'm thinking of right now. Like, Every, I'm sure everyone does. Um, but they, yeah. And there's just so much trauma and tragedy that surrounds their relationship mm. from beginning to end. That's fair. Yeah. Even outside of their own decisions. Very much within their own decisions and also very much outside of their right. own decisions. Um, unfortunately, then two more of their children died. Oh my um, gosh. Some of them, like, right after birth, and then 
um, I believe there was one that died a little older, um, and only Percy, Florence, Shelley lived until adulthood huh. out of the children that they had. I'm sorry, it's another Percy, but he doesn't really come back in until the end. What about William, their first kid? Does I he die? believe he was one of the ones who died. But also this is well, very confusing because some of them, right. multi, like there are people in the story who change their names. Like it's... <laughs> of course they do. Yes. It's... Point is, someone why, named Percy Florence Shelley survives the, it all. He's the one who He's the only one that we're going to care about adulthood. for the sake of this story. It's, well, <laughs> interesting wording there, Maddie. But he's, yeah, he's the one that is going to come back into the story. Okay. Um, July 8th, 1822. Mary Shelley's husband, Percy, drowned while sailing at the age of 29, making her a widow at the age of 24. So everything leading up to this has happened before Shelley was 24, before Mary Shelley was 24. Jeez. So he had been returning home, um, and his there was like this random storm cell that popped up, and he unfortunately drowned. Aww. His friends cremated his body on the beach, um, but for some reason, his heart did not burn. And one of his friends, she all could see Maddie's face. One of his friends took the heart and Lee Hunt. It to Shelley, didn't he? Lee Hunt grabbed the heart before it burned. But his body wasn't found until ten days after he drowned. So there were ten days between him dying and, and his him. body being burnt. Wow. So he would have been heavily decomposed by then, especially in the in those warm mm -hmm. Italian waters in the middle of summer. Mm. Um, and they said that he was only recognizable by his clothing. Wow. So it doesn't make sense that his heart would be in decent yeah. condition. Before I get to the like the biggest reason that people think this is, the only other possibility that I can think of is like if saponification occurred for some mm. like, for some reason. Um, are you familiar with that? At all? Isn't I think I know what it is. It's like, um, it's something where like, I feel like there's bubbles I can involved. explain it. Let's just explain it. So basically the short layman's version of it is it's, um, when this, when a body is decomposing, usually in a warm, wet mm -hmm. environment, um, something called adipocere mm -hmm. forms, which is a wax-like substance that can slow or stop decomposition. Got it. But I haven't seen it any evidence that that occurred Fair. i feel like his friends would have said something because it looks really weird mm. and it would have been odd and i yeah. honestly off the top of my head don't know how long that takes Fair. and i don't think that it would happen if he's being like thrown around by the waves and stuff i think i, I might be wrong on this i don't have enough knowledge of, mm -hmm. for, of like <laughs> forensic science Fair. um but i think it usually happens in like stagnant waters okay. that kind of thing so i don't think that that's what happened um, the prevailing account is that the fire did actually reach his heart, um, but it didn't burn because Percy Shelley suffered from aortic calcification, oh. which is yeah. basically a calcium buildup in the heart valves yeah. um, that can that may have made it into a bone-like yeah. structure. Um, and this was possibly due to um, a previous case of tuberculosis that hmm. he had had. Interesting. Um, but here's the best part. Okay. Eventually, like you predicted, his heart did make its way to Mary, who is said to have carried or carried it around with her for years. Oh my gosh. At some point, she wrapped it in silk and her late husband's poetry, and then she put it in a drawer with some locks of hair of her dead children. <laughs> I'm not, la I'm not laughing because it's know, funny. I know. I'm laughing because I don't have another reaction. Nobody knew about this like spooky drawer until Shelley died 
approximately 30 years later and her when her son found it like going through her belongings after she died imagine just finding you see the locks of your the locks of hair from your dead siblings and then you see something wrapped in paper it's your fa- your dead father's poetry you unwrap that underneath that is silk you unwrap that and it's your dead father's calcified heart that didn't burn when he was when his body was incinerated it, i'm not surprised at all that mary shelley has a spooky drawer no what i mean i feel like if i was percy i'd be like all right mom like of course you had this <laughs> but you still you probably wouldn't be i mean i still would it. be like oh my god this is my father's just heart happened? It, I, yeah i know it'd be one of those in like a movie where they pick it up and then they go Whoa, and then they, they drop, drop it. it yeah it's like rolling and you're like stop ah! stop <laughs> there's percy no no oh percy Maybe I made that too graphic for you guys, but <laughs> it's not too graphic for me. I mean, I well, yes, we, but that like, is true. I, I I'm just imagining people listening to this early in the morning, and they're just like, yeah, how about that, for Maddie? Your workday commute. <laughs> it's just too early for this, <laughs> but I'm good. I'm good. All right, and word. then the heart was eventually buried with Percy, Florence, Shelley, right. the son. That was a really good sound. Not sure what that was, but it was just like I tried to play it off. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It was just like a like my lips yep, got stuck yep. together or something. So the heart was eventually buried with Percy Florence Shelley, okay. a son, um, when he died in 1889. That was just kind of a little time skip there. But after after um, Percy, her husband, died, uh, she wrote. She continued to write several mm-hmm. more novels. Um, and other works, and she worked hard to preserve her husband's name mm. in the literary world. She educated their son, um, and then he graduated college in 1841. I don't have it written down. I believe it was Trinity, uh, Trinity College, and then he got married in 1848. And Mary lived with them until she died from a brain tumor on February 1st, 1851, in London. And that is the very short wow. version yeah. of Mary Shelley's tragic and absolutely metal life. Yeah, I'd say metal. So I found an email that, um, because like I told you, I led a discussion on this in college. Right. And then one of my friends who was a year behind me, and she happened to be leading discussion oh. on um, on Mary Shelley and Frankenstein in that same class that I took. So I sent her my notes and I sent her the like here's all the crazy stuff that happened if you want to talk about it and I just I just kind of started there because I was like oh I just want to refresh my memory mm-hmm. and I just think that this the last sentence that I wrote on the email needs to be read okay it was the TLDR for the email and it is absolutely the TLDR for this podcast TLDR Mary Shelley was metal AF and I respect her for it but also Yikes. Also, my search history regarding Percy Shelley's death is probably the reason the FBI won't hire me. There's a lot in there about saltwater decomposition. Oops. <laughs> That's such a Rachel and then, email to send. Like, what? And then apparently she read that email out loud in class. <laughs> also, yikes. I told, I mean, I was like, use whatever you want. So she took that <laughs> she very did. literally. Actually, I, I should just say it was Lauren. It was Lauren, guys. It was Lauren. I don't know why I was like, I shouldn't say her name because I just wasn't thinking about that because we were avoiding names of like the school and yeah. professors and stuff. Well, sh- shout out to Lauren. <laughs> we, we, we miss you, I guess. Uh, I miss emailing you things <laughs> about you, Mary you know Shelley. <laughs> we roomed together in college. You know how often she would just walk in on me like researching for the podcast and it would just be like, 
corpses. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. Whenever I walk into our studio, Rachel's always like, don't look. It's like hovering <laughs> over a computer. And then there'll be, I'm always preparing something. There will be sometimes where I walk by and it's like, Rachel's looking. There's dead bodies again. Who knows what she's looking at? It has not happened that often. Who knows what she's looking what, at? When did that happen Or it's you? like crime junkie, like serial crimes, criminology stuff. Sometimes I it have happens. to. I, I want you to grab that notebook right there. The, flower, the one like, with flowers yes, on it? Yes, the one with flowers I'm on terrified it. of this. No, I want you to, I want you to open it. I think it. you've shown me this. I want you to take a peek. I made a TikTok about it a while ago. So her flower so notebook is gorgeous. It has gold leaf on it. Well, probably fake gold leaf. You and think I'm cheap? It's full of psychopathy, sociopathy, 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 murder, and assault. Her tabs are murder, serial murder, psychopathy, and sociopathy. Psychopathy, psychopathy and sociopathy. Sociopathy and psychopathy. Would you like to read some excerpts? I don't even remember what's in there. The FBI defines serial killing <laughs> as a series I had to memorize of that. two or more murders committed as separate events, usually, but not always, by an offender acting alone. Okay. All right. We've been doing this long enough. So do you have a, a reaction? You've told us what the tabs are and what how it's a pretty notebook, but this is... How did we, how did we even get to this? How did we end up here? I don't remember. Just talking about me doing weird stuff? No, we were talking about Lauren, and then yeah, you were saying walking in on me doing weird stuff on the computer. Oh, I don't right. think I don't think I've shown that. I don't think I've had that many weird things up on our up on my computer here. Well, and to be fair, I guess I haven't been in the studio much. Yeah, I really am only here when we record. Yeah, another designated I, work time. Sometimes Rachel's I, here a lot. Sometimes I forget that this exists, and it kind of is it bad that this notebook makes me happy. No, I never threw away anything from this class, but this doesn't have all my notes in it. So Rachel. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for telling us the abridged version of You're Mary welcome. Shelley and for giving us a little teaser into her life because now You're I am... You're very welcome. You're very welcome. I'm actually inspired to go reread Frankenstein, believe it or not. And of course, I would like to do more, even an even deeper dive. I'm very excited about Shelley. you wanting to read Frankenstein. This might have to be our first um, studio-made book club. Studi- <laughs> Co-host? That's the word I was looking. I was looking for co-host, but we went with studio mate. Ah, say la vie. Book club. Um, book club. If anyone wants to join the Frankenstein book club, apparently that's going to start. How fun would that be if we had a book club with? Stay our tuned listeners? to our social medias because we're going to start a book club like soon. Just let us coordinate all of this, and then it's going to happen because I actually want to do this. Please. So. Get in order, start in order reading. to hear our socials, well, we should probably first of all them. start reading Frankenstein so you can be prepared. Make sure you read the introductions. I have, I Bro. already have discussion questions. Oh, good, this is gonna be great. In fact, I have. We'll we'll do it on TikTok Live or something. I have eleven discussion questions. Instagram Live. <laughs> so, in order to find details on the book club, you'll need to access our socials. Yes, but before we say that, okay, don't forget if you write a review during July. And send us a screenshot of your review and your address. We will send you a free Hyperfocus sticker. But yes, in order to contact us and to hear about the book club, you will need to get on our socials. Please continue. So. So. Here they are. Instagram. Hyperfocus pod. TikTok. Hyperfocus pod. Twitter. Hyperfocus underscore pod. YouTube and Facebook. Hyperfocus colon, a podcast for chaotic minds. And don't forget to join the Facebook group so you can discuss with with us and other listeners and then lastly the email hyperfocuscast at gmail.com so hyperfocus c-a-s-t what
YMCA. Sorry, I just felt like spelling. Um, so <laughs> no, that, that crossed my mind too. <laughs> okay, great. It did. Okay, good. So that's is that is that all we have for him today? What else? <laughs> I love when I say that because she gets so triggered. She's like, what do you mean? That's all. I can read. I can read more of the murder notebook. No, no one needs that. I think. Okay. We'll see you next week, guys. I'm going to turn this off before uh, you guys have to hear more about brutal murders and Rachel's obsession with criminology. Um, yeah, you we'll catch you next week. the difference between a blitz attack and a surprise attack? Would you like to? No. <laughs> and I don't think they do either. I disagree with that. Maybe I'll have to do a solo episode where I just directly read my notebooks. I feel like it might do well with us. With a Rachel's going to have subset. her own book reading. <laughs> So our notebook subset reading. of our audience literally just reading my notes from that class verbatim what a time we have here at hyperfocus <laughs> all right well we'll see you next week maybe look out for that that episode <laughs> who knows maybe that'll be next next week's episode next week perhaps in the meantime stay chaotic babes Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.